So I'm going to give you a little story, kind of a little background behind my message this evening. Still there. Um, a couple months ago, I was on a trip. I was on my way to Blytheville to, to do a class for a company. And so on my way up there, I was kind of flipping through the channels, listening to the radio, this, that, and the other. And uh, I was in a real mood for some just kind of listening. And something I don't normally do is just listen to preachers on the radio. And so I was kind of in there listening to that. And uh, I heard a service, and man, that was good, but then it kind of faded out. You know, you kind of get over in northeast Arkansas, you kind of lose a lot of radio stations real fast. There's not a lot there. So, uh, But I come across this one message, and, and then uh, kind of got discouraged with that one and turned that one off. That was not a good message for me. I, so, I, so I turned that thing off. So, And then I started praying in the Spirit. So as I was praying in the Spirit... Uh, I felt like the Lord brought up the five-headed dragon again. Lord, we've been talking about that dragon for a while now, haven't we? So that thing's got to go sooner or later, right? And we're going to break that thing. We really are. So um, he started talking about that five-headed dragon. Well, the thing he told me as I was driving down the road was two of the main heads on that dragon that we have to crush. Now, he told me crush the heads we talk about cutting them off, but I don't think we're going to just lop them things off and let them roll over in the ditch. We're going to crush them. All right. Uh, he said those two words, or two heads were poverty and prejudice. Amen. All right. And uh, right away, man, as soon as I got everything uh, kind of just downloaded from the Lord, I asked him, I said, well, what about the other three heads? He just kind of wouldn't say nothing. He said just poverty prejudice. That's what he focused on. And I started thinking about David Cuppet's prophecy, you know, uh, Bill Norton prophesied about the five heads, you know, a few years ago, David Cuppet just a few months ago prophesied about that pro uh, five-headed dragon. And so um, that night, later that night, as I was laying in my hotel room, I started praying and stuff. And uh, man, the Lord just started like downloading stuff. Man, it's coming so fast. And I was like, okay, I'll write this down later. I'll remember it in the morning, right? When I get up, Lord, let me go to sleep. Well, that wasn't happening. That was not going to happen. So I just kept rolling and rolling. Finally, I got my phone. It's the only thing I had available to write with at the moment. So I'm sitting there on my phone, notepad, and I'm just as fast as I can type all this stuff down. And so I was afraid I'd lose it because I know how things happen. You know, the enemy loves to steal stuff, right? So as soon as I text that thing, I called Jamie and I said, hey, I'm fixing to send you something. So I sent it to her on email. And so uh, that way I had backup to my backup to my backup. So, but anyway, uh, so he just started downloading some stuff and reminding me about the prophecy that uh, that the David Cuppet had uh, had uh, shared with us and everything. One of the things he had told me, like I said, was to crush. And and so I started looking at heads. For one, I wanted to know what does head mean in the Bible. So here's what I found. As I looked that up, first of all, let's, let's do this. Let's do dragon. Okay, so to define a dragon is any terrible creature that opposes God. That's a dragon. Uh, to me, in my simple mind, that's the same thing as an idol in some ways, right? So uh, that could be idolatry as well. So, uh, so any terrible thing that opposes the forces or uh, forces of God. Uh, opposed to God. So, uh, and then like I said, I looked up the word heads. So 
in Hebrews, in Hebrew, Hebrew language, uh, the uh, definition for heads was high in status or authority. That makes sense to me, all right? Because David Cuppet said the dragon's sitting on our church, and we're better for the authority to be than right on top of our church because if he's sitting on top of our church, he's definitely opposing what God is trying to do, right? So... I looked that up, and like I said, and I, I, I felt like the Lord said, that's the reason he only gave me two heads, because these are the two main heads that we have to get rid of. All right, but it, let me show you this here. So, high in status or authority, leader or chief or captain. So, these two heads are leading the other three heads. Does that make sense? Uh, now, the other part of that is, in the Greek, head means someone or something in the primary place. So here again, like I said, that thing is sitting on top of our church. And what he's doing is he is set there. He is to oppose the will of God. He is trying to hinder everything we do because of the dream to plant a hundred churches, the dream to grow this city, win this city for the Lord. He is trying to hold us down. But David Cuppet said that we will defeat the dragon and that the reign of the Spirit will wash that dragon off of our church. All right? So the one thing that he said was, like I said, the reign of the Spirit would wash the dragon off, but we have to crush those two heads. We, don't, we can't get by. You know, when I was growing up, I loved the uh, sci-fi movies and all that kind of stuff. You know, so, and I liked Greek mythology and stuff. So, you know, whenever they cut the heads off the dragons, what happened? They grew back. And I believe that's the reason God said we had to crush the head. The definition to crush, I also looked that up as well. Uh, the definition to crush means to break into pieces, to obliterate, to smash. You know, uh, old school term, blow it to smithereens, you know? So. Uh, so, man, we've got to not only get that, once that thing gets washed off of us, once we get the uh, spirit going uh, to wash that thing off there, we get it down, man, we've got to cut them heads off and we've got to crush those things. So, today I was looking, I was studying on this, I had a little, little time trying to refine everything a little bit today. So, I looked up, we're talking about prejudice and poverty. So, I looked up prejudice. Prejudice is preconceived opinions not based on reason or actual experience, and in the other definitions, any unreasonable attitude that is usually resistant to rational influence. Well, you talk about prejudice, most of the time one of, people want to associate that with color or race, but that's not the whole deal, right? That's not the deal. It's because you have a different idea than I have. That's what it all really breaks down to. It don't really have anything to do with color or anything. So we got to get past that. We got to get past the thought of color. We got to get past nationality. We got to get past all this crazy stuff, all right? Because that's all it is is stuff. Because one thing the Lord said that, that I felt like He showed me was that uh, there is no color, nation, political status, social status, personality. There is none of that. We are the body of Christ. We are one. 
in Christ. And if we are one in Christ, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So if we were looking at our light, if we were looking in the face of Jesus and looking into the light, well, then the scripture says that, thank you, Ernest, I appreciate that. They're going to roll again, brother. (laughs) But scripture says that Jesus is the light of the world. Catch my train of thought here to come back across here in just a second. Um, But as we look into the face of Jesus, we're looking into the light, right? Our word, right? And if we're looking into the word and looking into the light, the scripture also says... I had a scripture here now if I find it real quick. I don't see it right now, but uh, anyway, if our eyes are looking into the light, and if we're looking into the light, we receive the light, then we are full of light. And then as we are the body of Christ, we are to be shining that light because we are a city set up on a hill that cannot be hid, right? Uh, It says here, there is only light if we are in Jesus, all right? Uh, Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father. So here again, if we're looking into that light, if we're looking into our word, and if if we're following Jesus, Jesus is our example, right? And so well, how do we look at Jesus and how do we follow his example? Get this word every day, right? So, and, and I have to admit, I'm, I'll be honest with you guys, I don't get in my word every day like I really want to and stuff. There's always something, but I, I try. And, if, you know, if I fall down, I try to get myself right back up and get in that word again. Uh, Miss Elaine just started her Bible school class, and trust me, that's motivation right there. <laughs> You're not... Uh, you're not going to go slack on that or you're going to get behind real quick. So um, so let your light shine before men. Uh, Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hid. Uh, Matthew six twenty six. the eye is the lamp of the body. There's my, my scripture. So the eye is the lamp of the body. So if we fill it full of light then we're going to project light. But if we don't keep it full of light, we're going to get overcome with darkness. And how do you shatter the darkness? Use light. So, so, so Luke one seventy nine, to give light. So this is what Jesus was. This is what it says in Luke. It was describing Jesus in there. And I thought this, I you know, had never really seen this verse before until today. And Luke one seven and. Luke chapter 1, verse 79, it says, it was telling the story of what Jesus come. And so it says, Jesus come to give light to them that sit in the darkness and in the shadows of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. All right. I had never, ever, that I can think of, never, ever seen that scripture before. But when I seen it today, it's like, man, that was a light bulb. Uh, so... Jesus come to give light, all right? So that's what we're supposed to do. Jesus is our example, 
So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to put off light. We're supposed to break the darkness. We're supposed to go get those people that are sitting in darkness and bring them into the light. So all that is hidden in the, in the darkness can be exposed to the light so that we can overcome those things. So, uh, Psalms 119, 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. So that's the reason we have to go in there. They don't know. They don't know. We have to go in and we have to get them. We have to bring them out. And all we have to do is once we get them out of the darkness, get them in the Word. And the Word will make even the simple wise. Uh, and I love this one right here. This is one of my new favorite scriptures right here. Psalms 36, 9. For with thee is the fountain of life in thy light shall we see light so i love that so i just i want to see the light of god and that, that's my whole thing you know like i said a minute ago we got to get past color we're light if we are one if we are the body of christ portraying christ on this earth we are one we are projecting light out into a dark world and so um so like i said uh we got to get over prejudice and and not only that but we got to get over our bitterness we got to get over our hurts you know Ernest said something to me and that kind of upset me and I'm going to be mad at him we got to get over that we got to put that away you know if we don't put that away and we leave that root of bitterness well now we've got a dark spot in our life how many of you guys had some of them old flashlights that used to have that big black dot? It didn't no matter what you'd done to it. There was no way of adjusting it or anything. That's back when you had the old Ever-Ready plastic flashlights. You know, you'd flash it out there and you couldn't see much further from here to the back door, maybe. And it had a big spot right in the middle of it. Well, that's what would happen. That's what would happen. We'd have a spot in our light, and we don't need a spot in the light. So... Um, So we got to get rid of that, and we got to love one another. Um, so, like I said, get rid of our spot. And it says here, uh, Luke seventeen three: Take heed of yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. See, rather than Ernest said something and he upset me and made me mad. Now I'm just going to be mad, and I'm going to walk around here and act like everything's okay and talk to everybody but Ernest. Picking on you tonight, Ernest. I love you, brother. I really do. So, um, Believe it or not, I teach classes like this. Um, but, yeah, take heed. So rather than just be mad at Ernest, I'm going to go say, Ernest, now you said something a couple weeks ago that really hurt me. He might not know that he'd done it. We rebuke him. We rebuke him with love. And I, and I know, Miss Elaine, that this had to be part of my message. I, had, I wrote this down about two or three weeks ago because when I was doing one of your studies, that was one of the things in the study was we have to rebuke our brother and go to them. And, and, so, and it's not easy because we got pride. It's not easy for me to go up to anybody and say, hey, Bill, you know, you said something the other day that just kind of cut me man, really hard. Because we let that pride issue get in there, right, and stuff. So we got to, there again. We got to let that light get that out of us.
so forgive him. So let someone know if they've hurt you. Uh, Luke 17, 3 and 4 says it's time to act like Christians. It's time to act like Christians, for they will know you are Christians by your love for one another. So, I mean, how's the world going to know what the church looks like if we look like the world? You know, we have got to get, like I said a while ago, we've got to get past the pain, past the hurt, past all this, this crazy stuff. You know, it's, it's not about color, religion, or any of that stuff. But we can't show the world if the world doesn't know what to look for. So, so here again, we need to be unified as one body. So we need one, one body, one tribe, one tongue, one, you know, one nation. We are a nation, you know, many different parts, but one nation all in all. So Acts 2.1, the reason I say we need to be unified because these two scriptures really stood out to me is Acts 2.1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, y'all remember what happened right there, right? That's when the fire fell, right? And that's when the Holy Spirit come and hit the disciples. That's when Jesus sent the new comforter, you know. And thank God we, we have the Holy Spirit now, you know, because now, you know, we know how because the Holy Spirit's there to guide us. But we got to get in one accord. The only way we're going to get that thing off the top of our building, off of our place, is to get in one accord. All right, and the only way we can get in one accord is to get rid of all this other mess. We got to shake free, you know, get that stuff off here, get these shackles and chains off of us. Jeremy, I swear I'm not touching anything, man. I don't know why it does that. So, you know what? I think I do know why it does that. Every time I put my arm down there, it pops. I'm sorry I don't talk with microphones when I teach class. So, here's another one. Genesis 11:9. They have one language. The people are one, and now nothing will be impossible to them. What, now, what is that? What what uh, story is that in the Bible? The Tower of Babel, right? Because the people were so unified, they said, "Hey, let's do this. Let's build a stairway to heaven." And they started that thing, and they got got going pretty good, didn't they? Good enough that God said, if we don't go down there and do something, they're going to make it, you know. Uh, not that God don't want us in heaven, but he didn't want us that way, right? He didn't want us overcoming what he had already set, so he had to confuse our language. But still, today, we got to come together and be one accord as a body of Christ, and we got to have that one language, and that one language is in the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, I was here on prayer it's been several months ago on a Monday night prayer, and uh, we was praying, and I, I felt like the Lord had told me that uh, we have to be one. We have to get every part of the body together because the Bible says in Revelations that the voice of God sounds like the rivers of many waters, but we're missing part of the waters because we're not coming together. We're not getting the young people involved, and then we've got too much of the other stuff going on, you know, like Ernest, because he talks bad to me, so, you know, and things like that, you know. We've got to put all, there again, we've got to get everything, everybody together to be one. 
speak that one language because I really felt like God said that we would not get that thing off of there until we get our unity together, until we come together. And it's the prayers, not only of the women, but the men. The men, it's, the men have got to step up. We've got to get up. Get up. And I don't mean get up and go get another soda while you're watching the game. I mean get up. Let's stand up for what we're supposed to do. Let's stand up for our families. Let's stand up for our church. Let's stand up for our towns, our states, and our nations like we're supposed to do. Uh, I got a little ahead of myself on that one right there, but that's all right. So uh, the Lord said he wants to hear the voices of the men. I'm not trying to be funny or anything, but I come to these prayer meetings, and you know what I see most of? Women. You know, and and I'm not pointing fingers because I'm bad to do it. You know, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll say, yeah, i got too much to do. I can't make it. But we need to start making time to make that, yes, you know. I understand if you work nights and stuff like that, but we, re- we really do. We've got to make time to make that. We've got to be here uh, because we have watered down. We have watered down our stances as men. Because, oh man, I can't go to prayer tonight. The big game's on tonight. So I can't go to that. Um, you know, we got, we got to put things aside. If, if that big game is more important to me coming to prayer, then what's that make that big game? An idol. And what's an idol? Something against God. Something that's opposing God in our lives, right? So we have to rise up not only as men in the church and uh, make these prayer meetings, be there. But you know, one thing that really stuck out with me on this while I was this is this was more evident to me than anything else that God spoke was, um, you know is being a better husband, father, you know, being everything that we need to be as a man. Uh, not only making these prayer meetings, but our home life has to improve as well, you know. Uh, there can't be this, uh, no, honey, you go ahead, I'm going to sit here and watch the game. You know, we got like I said, we got to get rid of that. Um, we've got to love our wives. And why, why the wives, why the home life? You know, I kind of asked God, I said, why the home life? Well, it all makes sense, right? Because if I don't do what I'm supposed to do at home, I'm leaving my wife wide open, all right? And I'm leaving her to carry the load, you know? And that's not right. That's not what she's made for. The Bible says we're to honor her and respect her and regard her as the weaker vessel. So we're supposed to stand up and protect her. And not only that, but our children. Well, so I felt like one thing that I heard when the Lord spoke this to me several months ago was, you know, during the election, the one thing that was said was, Trump, make America great again. Well, Donald Trump can't do that. No way in the world Donald Trump can do that. Not even if he wanted to. He could not do that, all right, until he has the backing of God. But here's what I felt like the Lord told me. He said, you want to change your government, you want to change your state, you want to change your county and your city, start changing your home. Yes, 
we have to get the lower forms of government back in line, and that has to be the home life. Get the government right in homes, and we'll get the government right in the nation. Um, tell you what, this is a tough message to preach. To protect our, protect our wives, take care of them. Um, and not only that, guys, but... Uh, when our nation was founded, if you look back through history, all the leaders of our nation were godly men. They didn't go get some bum off the street to run for senator or anything. They didn't have senators in their back pockets or anything like that and say, hey, you know, if you'll push my agenda, you know, I'll give you $10 million to get you in the office. You know, that didn't happen. One of the prerequisites, if you look through history, was you had to be a man of God. You had to be involved in a church. Uh, most of the guys that run our government at that time could quote you verse, chapter, verbatim. No problem. But we've gotten away from that because we've gotten too busy. You know, and like I said, well, go, things have gotten too important. There's too important to be here to take an hour out of my day to come and sit and pray in the Spirit. And see what God's saying, right, Miss Thelma? I use you for an example for a minute. No, I, nothing bad, I promise. I swear. <laughs> so, she always she looks at me about like she does Chris sometimes. Miss <laughs> Thelma, you know, her and Brother Donald's trying to start the church in Pine Bluff, and they've been working with Jamie and I on uh, life recovering, first one thing or another, and so. Um, one night she asked me to pray over the food and she said I love it when a man prays over the food or blesses the food or leads the prayer because that's the order it's supposed to be the man is the head the man is supposed to lead now the reason I wanted you to use Miss Thelma because one of the things she told me here a while back and it really stuck in my brain Miss Thelma was that when Brother Donald finally got saved and, and one of the first things they wanted to do was start praying together. Guys, it's something we need to be doing with our wives, and I, I'm very guilty of that one right there. Usually I get up, get ready for work, and I'll buzz right on out the door. And I apologize for that one. I should be better on that, and I will work on that. But she said when Brother Donald got saved, that they would start praying together, and they would pray 15 minutes a day. And her only job that she had to do at that time was get the kids in there. Brother Donald took care of the rest because he stepped up and was the man of the house. You know, that's how they've led those kids through all of this, and that's how we've got to lead our children. Because, you know, our children are coming up behind us, and if we don't teach them now, what's our church going to be like? It's in bad shape now. The city's in the bad shape now. But if we don't teach our children, train our children up, then, you know, in a few years when they do take over, things are going to be ugly. You know. And Jeremy's telling me to shut up. So we need to protect our wives, protect them as the weaker vessel, because they are joint heirs in the grace of life, or life of grace. And also we protect them and respect them, our prayers won't be hindered, you know. So there's the other thing. 
like I said, men, we've got to come together. Like I said, I really believe the Lord said he wants to hear the voice of the men to help knock this thing down. And so, um, and ladies love that man. Help him. Yeah. I know I aggravate the far out of Jamie. Probably wants to whoop me most of the time. I'll be honest about it, you know. I'm kind of stubborn a lot of times. Y'all don't really know that, right? So, uh, I can be very stubborn. I can be very hard-headed. But uh, uh, somehow, a lot of times I'm always amazed at her grace because she's always, a lot of times she bites her tongue and doesn't say much. But I do hear her in there praying <laughs> real hard. <laughs> she doesn't think I hear her at 1030 at night in there praying, but I do. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, I'll close with that. Actually, I got two more scriptures. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and unto good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Y'all know what I'm saying. That day is coming close. It's approaching. So we need to be here. We need to be in them prayer groups. Not only do we need to be in them prayer groups, we need to be lifting up those that are sick among us, those that are hurting, those are in need. We need to be lifting each other up. And we start lifting each other up. I think we're going to start some things and we're going to start pushing that dragon. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Joshua 1.9. And this one here has to be a good one for me because... I fight this one bad. But fear is what holds most of us down. Joshua 1, 9, Be not dismayed or afraid. Be of, of good courage and strong. Be, you know, so all we got to do is rely because he's there. He says right there, Be not dis, dismayed. Be not afraid. But be strong and be of good courage because he's there to back us up. Like the song that Inga sung earlier today, He's our defender. He's already gone and won the battle. Oh, we just now rolling out of bed and rubbing sleep out of our eyes. He's already done it. He's already done it and come back and said, hey, look what I've done for you today. So. I might cut it short because I had a lot more notes than that. But, but, again, but I just want to encourage everybody that uh, really, guys, I, I want to talk to the men. Really, guys, and I, I understand we're all busy. We really are. But I, every other Monday night is one of my favorite things to do. So if I'm in town on Monday nights and they're having prayer, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. So it's just one of my things. I've really gotten into that one, and I enjoy that. Now, a lot of times I'm not in the town because I'm out on the road somewhere. But if I'm in town, I'm going to be here. And we've got to start making up that hedge, guys, because our women can't do it anymore. Just being honest, they can't do it. The Bible even says they are the weaker vessel. They're not supposed to be standing up here doing the prayers. They're not supposed to be the only ones down here in the altars and stuff like that. We got to start stepping up our game. And that's just the honest facts. I'm, I'm not trying to be ugly, like I said, or anything else. That's just what I really believe the Lord shared with me. And, and that whole portion of my message probably rolled on me more than anything else. 
It's just that the men have got to step up. We're going to have to start being the leaders at home, being the leaders here at the church, you know. Oh, man, I, I can't drive that bus today because i got something else to do. Uh, man, I don't know if I can usher today or not. My foot's kind of hurting. You know, I'm going to have to lay this stuff aside. You know, we've got to look toward the prize. You know, like Paul said, we've got to look at the finish line and keep our eye on the prize. So we've got to lay all this silly stuff away, start stepping up as men, start loving our wives, protecting our wives. And it also says in there, I'm a minute over. I promise, Jeremy, I'm going to shut up in a minute. Uh, but it also says that if we love our wives and our wives do properly, guess what? We'll be known in the city gates. In other words, people will know us out in the city. They will know. And if we do this and we shine that light, like to earlier in my message, if we're shining that light, well, guess what? People will be drawn to us. And when they're drawn to us, like I said, we're bringing them out of the dark and we're going to bring them into the light. And once we get them into the light, we can set them free and we can slowly take the city back for the Lord. And we can slowly, well, I don't believe slowly, I believe we can get that dragon knocked on off here and stuff. I believe when the rain of the Spirit comes down, he's going to hit that thing like a baseball bat and send him out of here. So... I love all of you, so I hope that made some sense. I really do. So, but uh, men, let's stand up. Let's start filling these prayer rooms up. Monday nights, Tuesday nights, you know, pre-service prayers on Sunday nights. We need to be filling them up. We don't need to be leaving this to our women anymore. So, we got to get that dragon off of here because we got churches to plant. We got things to do for this city. I'm done, Pastor. Well, Kenny Wayne, <laughs> one of one of my favorite things to do in all the world is to hear the Holy Spirit speaking through people, because God sends us messages. As I heard it right tonight, Lord is calling. For repentance and change. Yes, I tell you, Kenny, you're you're one of the most precious servants that I've ever been able to work with, and I just want to thank you so much for being the servant-hearted person you are. A lot of you don't realize, but a lot of the wonderful things that go on here on Sundays because Kenny has arrived about 7:30 and started the process of getting things together. So it's no surprise tonight that the Holy Spirit would speak servitude through my brother. That a repentance, the change. And you know, I just believe the Lord. I, I, I just heard the Lord in myself, Kenny. And I just believe the Lord. I believe there's several of us that did that. And so, and Kenny's been crying out for the men tonight. And I just want to know, if, have you heard something inside you of change? Is the Holy Spirit, you know, I, I feel like this God is just saying through Kenny, God's getting ready to do some wonderful things. And and God's getting ready to do some warfare against yes, the dragon. Yes. And that he needs some men. And I, I just I just want to see tonight, if, if, there, if there's some of us that can literally say, you know, I, I really believe God's dealing with me over change too. And I believe that God's dealing with me over changing my life. 
and I want to yield to the Lord. Yes. I don't even know how I want to say it, but Kenny, that's just what I kept hearing in my heart as you were speaking. I just kept hearing God speak to me about change. So is anyone else that you heard that about you? Or is something going on? Come on, stand if you would. If you heard that about you, there's some, some areas that the Lord's dealing with your heart about. There comes this areas of change and God's willing to have God wants to take place in our lives. Well, ladies, don't let the men all stand alone either. Lord knows you need to change too. I, you don't see <laughs> Amen. Lord, you see our heart tonight. Our hearts cry out to you, Lord. Lord, we desire to be the men and women of God that you want us to be. Lord, Kenny defined it tonight by being light bearers, Lord. Being able to bear the light and to remove the darkness or that that would try to hinder the light from shining. Lord, I believe tonight it's not about heaven or hell, but I believe tonight it's about bringing glory to God. And Lord, and we want our lives to bring glory to you, Lord. Lord, we want to get the dark spots out and we want to let the light shine through us. Lord, we want to lose all manners of prejudice. Lord, we want to see the things broken off of us, Lord, that's tried to hinder the light of Jesus from shining through us. Lord, the very things, God, that you're dealing with us about, Lord, is the things that we want to bring to you and surrender tonight. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come and surrender. We come and surrender to surrender those things and, and our lives to you, Lord. Lord, we want our lives to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, Lord, which is our reasonable service. Lord, we want our lives to glorify you. And Lord, a lot of us, like myself, we're getting older. And so our years of bringing glory grow slimmer. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, let us burn with the fire of God. Lord, let us remove the things off of our life and out of our lives that will hinder the fire and the presence of God from being able to demonstrate into a fallen world. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we receive by faith your grace to change. Your grace to change, Lord. Your grace to change. And, Lord, I want to thank you personally that you sent through your vessel, Lord, tonight the call and the cry of God for change. I want to thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.